It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Hello once again, and welcome back to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the general manager and grateful owner of God Country, Texas, 770 KWAM, and I'm sitting with my attorney, who should be your attorney, my co-host, Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael D. Cohen. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Don? I'm not sure, you know, of course, my middle initial is B, so I'm I'm always going to have to ask you if you if you have something different, uh, what that would represent. So tell me today uh, uh, what you have to say as far as uh, the middle initial. You poor guy. I put you through this every week. I never tell you what the middle initial is going to stand for. I guess it's my gimmick or thing with you now, and uh, old habits die hard. But the D, I think, after we've been doing this three months now, is domesticated. And that we, you and I have become so domesticated doing the program from home that uh, I think the D in domestic is the right word and appropriate since we are doing that now. Maybe not forever, but at least this month it seems like um, we've, we know how to clean the gutters better. We walk the dog a lot more, and uh, we understand how technology works a lot better because of this virus and the craziness it's brought with it. Well, uh, now we've been doing it on the phone, so... Uh... If dogs are barking or there's different sounds in the background, you'll have to forgive us. Yes, don't know why. And if um, yes, and you'll know why. And if you hear birds tweeting in the background, you'll also know why. Which then leads me to the topic of the day, and that is speaking of birds. Michael wants to talk about ladybirds and ladybird deeds, <laughs> and to uh, educate the audience again on how wonderful that vehicle is. Um, when it comes to ownership and control of your property. But in addition to that, there is the chance those special sources or resources will disappear one day because of the craziness in the last three months. And Michael wants to talk about that today. So fire away, Michael. Yeah, I wrote, wrote an article in my June newsletter about, uh, and it was titled, uh, Will uh, Ladybird Deeds be put on a ventilator on a ventilator due to COVID nineteen. Okay, so why I wrote that was in California. Uh, you know, we've talked about in prior shows that because the law um, with all the pandemic and the bailouts, etc., that there's all this uh, money going out and a lot less money going into the federal coffers or state coffers for that matter, uh, just like in our own homes. Uh, because of the pandemic for the most part. Uh, so the question becomes, well, how do you pay for all those things that have occurred where there's uh, less money in the federal and state economies? Right. Uh, we've talked about on prior shows, will there be changes in Social Security or Medicare, or will there be more taxes one way or another? Well, also, is there going to be either less public benefits or are they going to make the restrictions 
on eligibility or requirements for uh, uh, reimbursement be tougher. Well, I see that the first shoe has dropped already. Um, and uh, does that mean it'll come here? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I'll explain what a ladybird deed is in just a second. But the I should tell you that California, California, of course, has a lot more Medicaid than Texas does. And I'll tell you about that in just a second. They have, a, they have, of course, they adopted Obamacare, and they have a lot of deficit there that Texas, even though uh, I'm sure that we have a lot of our own issues and problems and deficits, and I know that the governor's already requested all the state agencies, for the most part, uh, to reduce uh, expenses by at least 5%. But the problem uh, in California is they did what they've done is they said, okay, we're going to go after properties after people die if they're on Medicaid more than what we've done before. That's what a ladybird does, ladybird deed does, especially uh, when we most commonly use it, is to avoid a successful claim by the state to recoup the benefits that they've advanced for care. Okay, so so now ladybird deed, so let me kind of clarify what that is and uh, what it does, uh, and what the situation may be, and will that affect you or not. Um, the, a lot of people do not have long-term care insurance, the great majority, uh, probably 80 90% or if not more, uh, do not have long-term care insurance. And so uh, that means unless they have adequate income, which most people don't, or adequate, or adequate resources, which a lot of people don't, especially if you're having care costs for a prolonged period of time. I say, what is the cost? And it varies around the country. Uh, Texas, it's maybe cheaper than it is if you were in Long Island uh, of New York. So here it might be, you know, an average is, let's say, $6,500 a month, whereas there it may be double that price, if not more, per month. And so what you see is a lot of people say, oh, my goodness, all my assets are going to be eaten up by the cost of care uh, if we have prolonged uh, a period of time for care costs. So uh, my own grandmother lived in a facility uh, for 13 years before she died. So uh, if you had, at that time, it was only $5,000 a month. So if you did the multiplication, that's $780,000. Most people don't have that. Um, the... A home doesn't count, but the government, the state, okay, Medicaid's a joint program between the federal and state governments. Uh, under federal law, states have the right to either just make a claim if things go by, let's say, by your will or intestacy, if you didn't have a will, or they could go have what's called a lien, which means that they could go after the home after at least after the surviving spouse dies. Texas is what's called a claim state, and California has been that way as well. In other words, it's, they don't that if there's a surviving spouse, they don't they're not successful in get about uh, getting the claim after death. Uh, the, the, the the claim goes away, so they don't take the home. However, if it was a lien statute, then the the government can get reimbursed fully for the benefits advanced. All right, so uh, a ladybird deed is a deed where the state will not be successful, 
because it doesn't go by will, it goes by deed at death. The owner of the property, typically a homestead, signs this deed that says it goes to, and so usually typically children or whatever, uh, or uh, if it's a surviving spouse, both the husband and the wife sign the deed that it goes to, let's say, children or whoever they want as their beneficiaries. And since it goes by deed at death and not by will at death or by intestacy, it avoids a successful claim by the state. Now, however, California, with their big deficit for Medicaid, uh, the governor of uh, Governor Newsom of California, uh, a couple weeks ago, said, all right, we have this big deficit because of the pandemic and other reasons. Uh, and so now we think we're going to be a lean state. We'll go after that home and get repaid no matter what if we've advanced any public benefits. Okay. Is this the first shoe to drop? Yeah. yeah. Will what happened in California come to Texas or other states? Maybe, maybe under federal law, they have that prerogative. They, now oh. that's just in their budget; it hadn't passed yet. So, but that's what the governor has proposed. But that's kind of like the moral of what we've been talking about on this show for several weeks. What, where are we going to end up paying? There'll be all sorts of different ways that they're going. The government's going to try to change laws so that either you pay, probably pay more taxes, or uh, we've already seen. Uh, Things like uh, locally, like on property taxes, there was questions whether we should increase the tax rate. And how much should it be on your home and, uh, or the, uh, the amount? Of, you know, so there's all sorts of different types of things that may occur. But we know this, that things will change because of the, um, the pandemic. And it's just a matter of which different ways that that's going to happen. Yeah, the irony of it all, Michael, is that you said that... Um, um it's going to change everywhere. And I find it interesting that when you have a state like Texas, they've done swimmingly well with uh, Governor Abbott's decisions that he has made and um, the number of people who have contracted the disease, the number of people who have died from the disease. The state, for its size, should have done much worse, in my opinion, and but it hasn't. But even Texas or Florida, which has done very, very well, relatively speaking, compared to New York, Everyone's going to pay no matter what. I guess your point is that the question is how much and um, when, and you, you're making it sound like it's going to be sooner than later. Well, I don't, you know, like you said, I think that, of course, Texas doesn't have the deficit that California does. Right. Texas is much more fiscally responsible, as you have just suggested. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I do think, I'm not certain that it will happen here as far as the Ladybird deed being changed, uh, I do think that there'll be uh, either cuts in some sort of benefits that we receive, um, not necessarily the public benefits, but in some sort of benefits that are used by state coffers, uh, and also um, because there's already cuts, and uh, they've already said that in the budget, they want to make changes. You have to reduce your staff. So either it's going to be something in reduction of how we get our benefits or how slow we get our benefits or who's going to service those things that we are, are covered by the state, uh, or uh, there'll be higher, some sort of higher payments of something, whether it be some sort of, I, I can't imagine Texas having a state income tax, but, you know, some states do, and 
some states have state-to-state taxes. Are we going to have things like that? I don't know. But we know that there things are going to, everything is going to be on the table. So, you know, this is just, it just to me, it's just a, a sign that it may be sooner rather than later as we see the deficits because they've already put it in their budget. But you got to you got to remember though too. I should say in all defense for Texas that we as much of a worry as California. California had passed Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, whatever you want to call it, and they had a lot of the deficit there, and they weren't as fiscally responsible. Now they're saying to the federal government, you know, Medicaid's a joint program. They said, hey, you need to bail us out here. We got a real problem, and the federal government's saying, well, I'm sorry, you put yourself in that position, and uh, you need to figure that out for yourself. And so that's why, the, you know, the governor of California said, uh-oh, they may not help us. What are we going to do now? And so uh, in Texas, we didn't, we don't have that deficit. So it may not happen where, for example, in our situation that Lady Bernadette's, which are only available in the minority states, and actually California uh, doesn't have Lady Bernadette's per se, but they have something similar where you have these different uh, ways that you avoid probate. So under the law, again, the states had the right to make a claim if it didn't, if it went by your will, or if you didn't have a will at all, they could go out. The state could make a claim and get reimbursed for whatever they paid out. So, in the example I told you earlier, if my grandmother had uh, assets that were non-countable that were worth Oh, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Typically, it's a home. But in Texas, the limit, if you're single, is $595,000 equity in a home for a tonight account. But that's usually the typically the most common thing. And that's why the Lady Bird deed becomes so important. Uh, the So there's different different parts of the country. It's more expensive to live. So let's say you're in California or New York, it's going to be more expensive than if you're in Texas or Florida. So the... Um, so they have a higher limit as to the equity for it to not count. There was a choice under federal law uh, back in 2006. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, so uh, here, uh, if, if, if grandmother had a home that was worth $500,000 and it didn't count when you applied for Medicaid, because it's one of those non-countable resources, a home and a car, and there's some other things that do not count. But typically the biggest one is the home. And so the state, after the person dies, even though it didn't count when you applied, they say, oh, we're going to send you a letter. Says you, we intend to make a claim. And if you don't respond to that or shortly thereafter, they're going to say, this is how much you owe us. And you need to pay us back what we paid to mm-hmm. reimburse us for the expenses that we advanced. Well, wow. Lady Bird Deed, the Lady Bird Deed, they only go after things that go by will. So Lady Bernadine says, I'm in control during life. And then upon my death, the property goes to so-and-so. So it's not going by deed. So what happens? Um, there are different exceptions to rules, and that's one of those exceptions to rules. We can go over other exceptions, by the way, if you'd like, um, to avoid that. And then the other question might be, what can we do if Lady Bernadine's do go away? And let's do that in one second. Um, and I wanted to first promote our next workshop, and why don't you tell the audience when the next one is, which will be online, which will be virtual, like they have been for the past two to three months, and have gone very well, and they're very easy to attend. But, Michael, when is the next workshop? And tell the audience what goes on during those virtual workshops. The next one is on June 13th. That's a Saturday. That is um, uh, going to be at 10 o'clock. 
uh, all you have to do at that work to do for this workshop, which, by the way, is a state planning essentials workshop, so whether it's questions about wills or trusts or ladybird deeds or or anything related to either estate planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits or probate, things that are along, that are related to those type of issues, we ask people, what do you want to know? And then we, you know, answer those questions for a couple hours and see whatever it is, whatever's, you know, on your mind to so make sure your time is well spent and it's free. And if you will see, you'll learn an awful lot. And it's just something that uh, we offer as a free educational uh, process so that you could learn about things that you could do to protect your loved ones, especially uh, a lot of times now with COVID-19, people are really more focused on all the bad things that could occur and they want to get their planning in place. And so this is uh, an opportunity to at least know what those options are. If you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop uh, on Saturday, uh, June 13th, uh, then then we also offer, with no obligation, of course, a free one-on-one meeting. Uh, and then we contact that your own specific situation if you had further questions that were not answered at the workshop. Again, uh, we just look at your own situation and just talk about whatever it is that you want to know. And it's just free. So if you but that's only if you go to the free uh, estate planning essentials workshop. Uh, so uh, to do that, all you have to do uh, is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. You go to that free virtual Workshop. Now, I say virtual. It's going to be real simple. It just kind of just just make a click. We give you a tutorial. If there's any kind, if you have questions, we go through everything with you. Explain anything if that was if it was if you're technologically challenged or anything like that. But all that is is if you have let's say um, something where you could just click on a, a link and then basically uh, we could you could either be seen or not be seen. That's up to you but you can certainly be heard uh, and we'll answer any questions that you may have at that free estate planning essentials workshop. Excellent. That Again, sounds like a great time. Every, every single workshop is very effective. Um, you will enjoy it. Um, you get to intend it from the comfort of your own home, in your living room, on your laptop, on your desktop, even on your cell phone for that matter, if you want to attend it and you don't have to get into traffic or go to some foreign building and that kind of thing. Um, so we highly suggest you attend Michael's next online workshop. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. So, Michael, with about uh, six, seven minutes left, what should a listener do if they have a ladybird deed or if they don't and the state decides to snuff them out? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it doesn't just have, some people may have Lady Burdett and has nothing to do with Medicaid. Uh, let's say the only asset you have is your home, uh, then, and you want to avoid probate, uh, it's possible that you have a Lady Burdett just to avoid going to court, having all the expenses of probate. So sometimes they're used for reasons other than just avoiding Medicaid estate recovery. But, 
having said that, uh, a lot of people are concerned because as we live longer, the likelihood of care increases, and a lot of people don't have long-term care insurance or inadequate income. In Texas, like I said, the average, I may have said, I'm not sure, average cost of care uh, without medications uh, in, in Texas for a nursing home is about $6,500 a month. Now, the Dallas area might be a little bit more expensive, but still, uh, so it's expensive. And yeah. the so so usually people want to they say, oh, I love my my children or whomever, so I'd like them to have the home as opposed to the government, uh, or potentially having it go to the government. So now the question is, well, what happens if it does come to Texas because the, the pandemic has caused all these different issues? Well, uh, what we do for some people, especially if they're planning in advance. Now, the reason why I say planning in advance is that Medicaid has a five-year look-back period. Now, that five-year look-back period would not affect a ladybird deed because you retain total control during your lifetime. If you want to change your mind on who your beneficiaries are, you could do it. Just do a new deed. Uh, so it's really, there's no penalty. Uh, in other words, the government assumes that if you make a, let's say I just did a regular deed, I deeded some uh, property to a child. There are a few exceptions, but uh, generally if you deed the property to somebody else, then they say, oh, you did that on purpose so that we will pay for the cost of care. So there's mm-hmm. a presumption, it's an anti-fraud provision, a presumption that you transfer the asset on purpose if it was done within five years. We've talked about on prior shows, if you made a gift even to a charity, the presumption may be guilt and that you have to rebut that presumption. Well, um, so now the so how can we do it if we plan in advance if the ladybird deed does go away? Well, you could put in a certain type of trust. You could deed the property into a certain type of trust where you have elements of control. So the government says, okay, uh, it may be subject to a five-year look-back period, but let's just say you had the home. You had a $300,000 home or two hundred. Well, that doesn't really matter what the value of the home is, although I assume that if you're single, the equity would have to be under five ninety five for it to be excluded. If you had a value of a home that was worth more than that, which generally is not the case if somebody's applied for Medicaid, then you definitely would want to put the property in trust, uh, to, and not just a revocable trust that most people think of when they think of trust. That wouldn't work at all. In fact, that would make it count as a resource. Uh, under the Medicaid rules. So here you put it in a certain type of irrevocable trust subject to a five-year look-back period. Now, if the only asset, let's say, was the home and you put the home in the trust, let's say something bad happened within the five years, what would you do? Okay, you just give it back, you deed it back, and then you do a ladybird deed. So you're protected either way unless they change the rules on ladybird deeds to begin with, but you're you're far enough in a if you've done things now, you've gotten the clock running. So if I've deeded the, pro- uh, the property into a trust in June of 2020, then, okay, after five years, that look back is expired. So if you had a, a more expensive home, uh, by the way, if you're a married couple, there's no limit to the value of the home. Uh, but if you're single, the equity value has to be under 595000 But most people don't have that expensive of a home to begin with. So... Uh, generally, though, even if you did put the home into a trust, 
and something bad happened within five years, and if the law doesn't change, then you can just undo what you did. So in other words, if you give back, if I give you something and then you give it back, it's no longer considered a gift. Right. So if I deed the property into a trust and that the property is deeded back to me, then then obviously then the penalty has been undone, been undone. So which we've had that case, uh, we've had that actually happen uh, one time last year. So that somebody was three and a half years into the uh, trust, but then mom in this case um, uh, had to go into a long-term care facility three and a half years after they did a trust. So mm-hmm. what did we do? We deeded it back, then did a ladybird deed. Mom's on Medicaid. So there's so you basically are having insurance either way to save the home. So if if they had sold the home, well the proceeds would have stayed inside the trust that wouldn't have counted as an asset. So now we have the flexibility of even selling the home, and you don't have to spend down to the limits. For Medicaid, if you're single, you have to have less than two hundred thousand dollars of cash. I mean, less than two thousand dollars cash. Mm-hmm. So there was a big difference. If you had a two hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, you basically uh, saved $198,000 from spend-out, as an example. So Excellent. for Medicaid, they won't pay for the cost of care unless you have limited resources, generally, right. if you're single. If you're married, you could have a lot more assets because uh, there are certain rules. But anyway. so I'm not sitting uh, in your office. I'm not sitting in your living room. I don't have to. The audience needs to know, if they don't know already, and most already do, that you know this stuff by heart, by head. Uh, it's it's like turning on the TV for you. You just know it because you follow it so diligently and religiously. And I, I've always been impressed by your educations because you never read from anything. And you just say it because you know it. It's your passion. It's your life. And you've been doing this for decades. And um, you're probably seven days a week, whether you admit it or not. Um, everyone else in the meantime, can't be like Michael Cohen, but they can sure learn from him. And the only way to do that is attend his next workshop. And that is on June the 13th, which is a Saturday at 10 o'clock. It's online. So it's a virtual workshop. And the way to sign up for that is go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. It's just uh, in uh, just a little bit of time before the workshop. It's very soon, so less than a week. So sign up now, and if you can't make that one because they fill up very quickly, even though they're free or because they're free, uh, you can roll over to the next one if you don't make a, or get a seat in that one. Again, dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Dallas Elder Lawyer Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 720 0102. 
That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.